I've said since I started that my education here in Chicago is has been amazing, not just because of the fantastic faculty at DePaul, which there absolutely are, but because I get to spend my weekends seeing shows here in the city of Chicago. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, now in its 16th year, number 811, The Understudy Bookstore. Chicago will soon get its own drama bookshop in the form of the Understudy Bookstore, a theater bookstore and coffee shop which recent DePaul grads Adam Crawford and Danny Fender are opening hopefully sometime this fall of 2022. And what began as sort of the ultimate pandemic pivot for the two partners has already become a project the entire Chicago theater community is enthusiastically supporting. Adam and Danny took time out from their impressive world building to talk with me about how the understudy started, how it's going, and how it's sort of captured the imagination of its new Andersonville neighborhood and the larger Chicago community. My education in Chicago is really the Chicago theater community. I mean, the range of work that you get to see from storefront to like regional productions at Court, Steppenwolf Goodman, and, you know, also a lot of um, work that is coming in internationally, you know, Chicago Shakes, you know, has like a really fantastic programming with bringing in um, groups from other countries to put up performances, uh, dance performances coming through town, the, the International Opera. Puppet Theater Festival every two years. I mean, the things that the MCA puts on, we really are just such a unique hub of performance. And I think more than many other things, that was what refined my aesthetic, what allowed me to meet new people, what allowed me to put really important people here in Chicago on my radar. It's just by taking those free student tickets or those preview tickets that we'd get emailed as DePaul students. Or, you know, uh, if I couldn't get tickets to something, so often I would wait on the waiting list outside the theater until the minute that the show started and then sneak in, you know. And for me as a stage manager, because, you know, so many um, of the DePaul theater faculty are connected within the community, I had a lot of great opportunities to be able to shadow people on on the job. Uh, so I spent, uh, you know, many a show at Steppenwolf just getting to watch, you know, my professor call the show, do the preset. I got to help tape out at a Steppenwolf rehearsal one. So getting to have those on the job, like shadowing opportunities and to get to practice some of those skills that I'm learning in the classroom was really invaluable. And because Chicago has so many different theaters with so many different styles, you really kind of get to, like what Adam was saying, like get to refine your aesthetic and find what your niche is. Well, I, I've always loved Chicago, and I've described it as the, the American city that's most like London. You can, you can see theater everywhere. People in Chicago go to theater like the British do, oh, um, yeah. importantly. But I love this idea that Chicago is also like the main uh, college campus of DePaul. Anybody who lives here feels like Chicago is that college campus that we all sort of dreamed about. And I just went to New York City for the first time in several years, of course, because of the pandemic. And of course I made my pilgrimage to the drama bookshop, the brand new recently revived drama bookshop. 
And here you guys are trying now opening the thing that's going to make people envious of Chicago even more, our own <laughs> drama bookshop. So tell me about the the, the creation myth origin story of uh, the understudy. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it came from a lot of different places and all of the pieces came together at just the right time. Uh it was something that I sort of daydreamed about when I was going to the theater school because there's always a need as an actor, as an acting student to find new material. You need new monologues for class all the time. You need new scene work that matches the identities and the sensibilities of both you and the partner that you're working with or the group that you're finding something for. Um, you know, I decided very early on in my acting training at the theater school that I wasn't going to do any material from a character that wasn't gay because it ended up making me feel really uncomfortable and not fitted to the thing. So I was like, I need to find that every time. And that was really hard um, with the resources that were available to me. Uh, DePaul has a really good library and often I could find things there, but it was really hard to sort of search the stacks and find that without somebody there to help or with it sort of scattered across the whole floor. There's a lot of amazing independent bookstores here in Chicago, but their selections are very limited. And I think that's totally reasonable. Uh, it's a whole other world that most booksellers don't know how to get into but it meant that I could go into an otherwise really good bookstore and see the same 10 plays every time. You know, it's three Shakespeare's and Superior Donuts by Tracy Letts. And, you know, there's something fresh from New York, but nothing that was what I was looking for. And so I just always wish that we had that resource like New York has, like the Drama Bookshop. And then when the pandemic came and we both had like many people had to stay, take a step away from theater, we continue to kind of reminisce and daydream and think about what it was that made theater special to us. And one, the thing that really came back for us is that Chicago theater was special to us because of the community, because of the incredible people that work here in Chicago. And so the, what we wanted to create is a space that was welcoming to everyone and was a meaningful resource to all of the people in the community. And whether that is the bookstore part of it and helping young actors find scripts or even working actors find new monologues, things like that. It's also providing our space for events and for play readings and uh, meetups and networking and things like that. So just creating a hub to help that Chicago theater community that we love so much, give it just a tiny boost. Yeah, and you know, for, you know, for the production side of things also, you know, I, for, for me, it was really important that we were highlighting a range of voices and different positions in theater as well. And so one of the ideas that we've really been talking about that's kind of been one of our core ideas that we've been the most excited about is having different tables uh, curated by different Chicago artists. You know, like, I would be so curious, what would it look like if this, um, this props artisan curated a table of their favorite plays that they worked on? Uh, and we have like a bio that, you know, showcases their work, talks about, you know, some of the favorite projects they've worked on throughout Chicago, or what is it like if um, a lighting designer curated this table? And so that we're really bringing in different voices within the community that just isn't, you know, maybe actor or playwright focused, which I, I personally, I tend to think, I think that happens sometimes. Um, but for me as a stage manager, what I love about my role is getting to work with, you know, artists at every level of the process. Uh, and I really want the art space to be a reflection of that also.
I think that's so wonderful. And and what I was going to ask next is that like this is the ultimate uh, exercise in curation. I mean, yeah. you're picking the things that are going to go into your shop. Is it just you two guys? Do you have a a board of uh, of dramaturgs and literary <laughs> advisors? But no, you've got this entire community of artists who can go. What about this? What about this? What about this? Yeah, I will say, you know, we, you know, have kind of created a, a baseline inventory, basically going through all these different databases from the publishers and more or less, you know, kind of saying yes to most things, um, you know, so we'll, we're hoping to have around 3000 plus titles, but, you know, aside from plays and yes, we are definitely, you know, outsourcing to, you know, people in the community about what they want to see, the titles that they want to see as well. And then we're able to go from there and continue to branch off. But I think what's been exciting is getting to go beyond plays and go more into uh, for me, it was really important to um, have a space where folks who are maybe are younger, like, you know, uh, like kids can come in and who have that, you know, curiosity about theater at a young age, that they have resources as well. So we have stuff for young readers, middle readers, young adults, um, kind of to create that range of material that's available to cast a wider net. And there's an amazing foot traffic there in Andersonville. I mean, you're going to get people walking in off the street going, what the hell is this place? And be just amazed by what they see. You're right. I, we, um, we got to do sort of a preview pop-up at Andersonville Midsummer Fest uh, last weekend, right? Last weekend. Uh, and it was so wonderful to see because 75,000 people attend that event, which I did not know until after we were accepted. So <laughs> kind of put the pressure on us a little bit. Um, but it was really so lovely to talk to people who often I did hear people going by and say, oh, that's the understudy. That's the store that's opening up right down the block. And they wouldn't even maybe stop in, but they'd start to talk to their friends about it as they were walking past. And, but also to have people come in and say, wait, what is this? Oh, wow. That's so cool. This is actually exactly what I've been looking for. I want to you know, I work from home and I want to find a new place to do that. And there were so many people like that. And sort of back to Danny's point about those stories of, oh, this is the first show I worked on in Chicago or something like that. We curated a table of Chicago playwrights or Chicago adjacent playwrights for that event. And I was there all day, every day that weekend. And I couldn't tell you how many people walked by and said, oh, I know Philip, Philip Dawkins, who was one of the playwrights that I have there, or, you know, somebody would pick up a play and flip up, to, flip open to the first page for it where they list the cast from the first production. And somebody said, this was my first Chicago gig. Like, I worked on the Psych Culture play. Right. <laughs> for the premiere. And nice. so those are, that's just one of the things that's so important and so special to me about doing this is hearing those very personal Chicago stories. Because, you know, there's kind of this beautiful dichotomy about Chicago theater that it's very small. You know, everybody knows everybody. And yet it is a place where you can have a career and, and you can make it big in a way, you know, you can have that sort of theater dream. Hi, I'm Mark Larson, the author of Ensemble and Oral History of Chicago Theater, and you're listening to the Reduce Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? 
We'll be visiting four cities this fall of 2022, performing Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel in Rolla, Missouri on September 21st, Bloomington, Illinois on September 23rd, Jasper, Indiana on September 25th, and the Wharton Center in East Lansing, Michigan on November 9th and 10th. Check out the touring page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, or our Twitter feed at Reduced for the latest information. Now back to my conversation with Adam Crawford and Danny Fender, the owners of The Understudy, Chicago's new theater bookshop. Adam, you talked about, you know, uh, uh, that, that being part of the dream. And I, and, and I dare say that you guys are sort of living the dream for all of us who have at one point gone... God, wouldn't it be great to own a bookstore that was welcoming and had a and had a coffee shop attached or whatever, and you could linger and buy? But my dad was worked in publishing in the seventies, and I expressed that dream to him when I was a teenager, and he said, "Do not own a bookstore." So, uh, kudos to you guys. Can you talk a little bit about just the mechanics? I mean, it's one thing to have the dream. But now, how do you go about getting a building? How do you go about, how have you been accomplishing this? And when can we come into the store? <laughs> I, I wanna say the, the, the first thing is, it has really been a huge learning curve for both of us. And we really owe a lot to so many different small business owners in Chicago. I think that's where we started our journey was really reaching out to folks and asking, Okay, so you run this coffee, your your coffee shop. How do you do it? And and learning from those people, um, like Charmers Cafe and Rogers Park has been a huge help to us. Coffee Lab in Evanston, uh, we met with Unabridged Books, City Lit Books, the bookseller, and we also met um, with the former owners of Scenes um, Bookstore, which was around the Belmont area. You know, back in you know eighties, nineties, early two thousands. Um, and hearing about, you know, how Jamie ran that store. Right. And, you know, it really feels like we're uh, like kind of carrying on the torch and uh, in some way and continuing this legacy of once what was like once a very um, important like cornerstone to the community. Um, you know, and I think when we made our announcement that we were opening up the understudy, so many people reached out and were sharing stories from their time at scenes. Uh, and we're actually on Clark Street also, just, you know, in a different neighborhood. Right. Um, and Jamie was telling us he was 24 when he opened up scenes and we are 24 and 25. So it just kind of, there's a lot of symmetry there that I think is really lovely. Yeah, and, and just to continue Danny's point, I mean, I think I always want to underscore the degree to which this is already a community-made project. Um, you know, we are at the helm of this thing, for sure, but like Danny said, the level of generosity that people have given us, whether it be other business owners or just the people that we're partnering with, sharing their time and their knowledge and their opinions has meant so much to us. Yeah. And I think it's been clear from the moment that that first article came out about us that people are stepping up in the community and saying, hey, I'd love to work for you guys, or hey, I have some ideas for events that would be great for you, or have you thought about doing this for the store? And so, again, just to reflect back on what the sort of initial dream was, that is that is the way that we want to go about it is to create space for as many people as possible to share resources with as many people as possible. That's the goal. Is definitely not self-made in any way. It is community made. <laughs> but I do also want to acknowledge that I had a lot of family support. You know, my parents are entrepreneurs and uh, my father works in real estate. And I think that is one of the biggest 
legs up, the biggest privileges that we have could have possibly been able to have. You know, you were asking about how do you get a space and it was very challenging. Um, I think particularly at the time we were looking at the end of 2021, mm -hmm. there was a huge amount of vacancy because of all of the things that had closed or gone totally virtual during COVID. But what we heard from the very few brokers who would respond to our request was that they simply were not dealing with deals as small as ours. I mean, it's less than 3000 square feet altogether. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they were saying, you know, we're focusing on big buildings. We just can't help with a little project like this right now. Um, and so we just had to go around and look by ourselves and just kind of guess uh, like, okay, could the plumbing go here? Could the space go here? We could kind of figure this out. Uh, but yeah, to be able to have family mm -hmm. to call and say, what does this acronym mean? Or what are they meaning by this weird abbreviation that they're saying? Negotiating you know? a lease. Exactly. Yeah. And to be able to put our letter of intent on my parents' company letterhead to give it some gravitas, you know, that's real privilege. And I want to acknowledge that, you know, that not everybody has the resources to be able to do this. And so what we're trying to do is take some of that privilege and make it a valuable community resource. And I also, you know, want to give a lot of credit to the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce as well. I mean, Adam and I were really struggling with uh, getting anyone to really take us seriously with looking at spaces. And I think, you know, part of it was, you know, they would meet us in person and, you know, get a glimpse at our age and we're like, oh, okay. Um, hey, look at these kids. Let's I, put yeah, exactly put on was, a show. Yeah, it, it was a lot of that, and luckily, um, the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce caught wind that we were looking for a space and loved the idea and reached out to us and said, "Hey, we have some vacancies in the neighborhood. We would love to meet with you um, and take a look at some of these spaces. We think we'd be a really good fit." Because initially, we weren't looking at Andersonville. We right. thought Andersonville was already oversaturated with a lot of, you know, coffee shops and, you know, they already had women and children first bookstores and uncharted books. Mm -hmm. um, but after a really lovely conversation, um, they were saying, no, this would be a really great spot. And I think honestly, like you being in this space would up help, you know, these other businesses as well. And they would help you. And it, we just found this really lovely small business community within Andersonville that we're very excited to be a part of because when the pandemic hit, we were told that, you know, the first businesses to go in that neighborhood were a bunch of the larger corporations. And so Andersonville has really been making this push to put emphasis on small businesses. And I think we're very lucky. We're at this very unique moment in time where there's a lot of um, focus on shopping local. And so I, I think that we will, you know, hit some success with that. Uh, and it's very exciting. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing where Adam and Danny talk about their other plans for the fall, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds, so stick around. For more information about The Understudy Bookstore, visit their website, theunderstudy.com, or follow them on Instagram at theunderstudyshy, that's C-H-I. The Understudy's excellent motto is good books, fresh beans, and all the drama. Then send us your realized dreams via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram or visit my website, theshakespeareance.com. Thanks as always to Chicago playwright, excuse me, Chicago playgoer Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Karen Appledorn. No reason, it's just random. 
Special thanks to Mark Larson, the author of Ensemble, an oral history of Chicago theater. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe, get your boosters, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 811 2433 of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. We're getting married in October. So that's our other big venture for the year. It's a really, it's a really packed year for us. I also just took my equity card too. So I'm kind of hitting all the major life events <laughs> within a span of six months just to get it out of the way. Please tell me you're not also having children and buying a house. <laughs> I was just about to say, you know, I'm thinking about it, but I think, I, I think we have to save some things a little bit. Yeah, let's dial it yeah. back. Pace <laughs> yourselves, boys. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.